0: Welcome to the D&D Character Lab. Welcome to the D&D 5e Character Lab Podcast. With your hosts, Karen and Dan. And welcome to the D&D Character Lab, the show based around the one thing we as players cannot resist.
1: Compulsively creating characters and daydreaming about their validity in-game. Each week, we are bringing a new character to the table, drawing from a plethora of published content and scoring it against a predefined table of criteria. It is then up to us to use our own personal charisma modifiers to convince one another that our baby is better. I'm Dan. And I'm Garen. And this week, we are going back to the absolutely outstanding Midgard Heroes Handbook from Cobalt Press.
0: Yeah, there's simply way too much stuff in here to highlight to just devote one episode to it. And frankly, I have... Way too much fun building these characters using this stuff. To be honest, some of my best characters that have been featured on this show have come from Cobalt Press' supplements.
1: Oh, man, we brown knows you guys all the time because we love you. I'll have to agree with you, Dan. It's a rare occurrence when we agree, especially because of our deep, loathing hate. But the depth of this content that these guys provide you in their supplements gives you, as a player, like a ton of material to work with on your builds, backstories, your flaws, you name it. They're doing an excellent job on character creation here, Uh, not to mention all the other stuff that they bring to your D&D table with their Midgard setting. The guys at Cobalt Press, obviously they're loving what they're doing.
0: You know what else I love besides character creation, Garen? Is there anything? Cantrip Candles. Oh, love them too. Cantrip Candles are 100% soy candles that are designed for use with tabletop adventures like D&D and Pathfinder. They offer a great selection of scents that smell like different locations in a fantasy world, sanctuaries, scriptoriums, even an old musty tavern. But I've been on a kick lately with their brand new Cosgrave Leatherwork Scented Candle. With its notes of smoky leather and clove, just takes me somewhere else. But, to be honest, these candles can transport you to just about anywhere within, y- within your fantasy games because they offer candles that are just perfect for about any scenario. We got the sampler pack over here at the lab, and let me tell you, we use a different scent for every game night, and it's always just perfect. If you want to check out their offerings, their sampler packs give you all of their scents for just $11 plus shipping. Once you decide that you want to buy every single one of those scents, be sure to splurge on their newly offered 16-ounce candle size. After all, they come with a metal D20, and you don't even have to expend a spell slot to get it. Be sure to check them out. That's Cantrip Candles. And if you don't know how to spell cantrip, you should not be playing D&D.
1: Thank you, Dan, and Cantrip Candles. As always, we love our sponsor, and we love our characters this week. I'm speaking on behalf of you, Dan, because I know you're excited. I don't know anything about your character. But I know my lady this week is coming in so hot. This young bear folk had you dreams. You folk.
0: All right.
1: Had dreams of going beyond the forest. She'd always look above the canopy of the trees at the clouds mingling up ahead. And she thought to herself, one day I too will fly as those birds do. And she knew that she was meant for something greater. And she traveled. Away from her family when she was of the right age, and she trained from sages and hermits and knights regent.
0: And all the backgrounds in the Wizards of the Coast (laughs) supplements.
1: And outlanders and far travelers.
0: (laughs) And don't forget pirates. She learned And
1: pirates pirates and variant entertainers. (laughs) And Padra came to the one place where she knew she could finally settle down. A noble squadron of griffin knights and she wanted to be counted among their number and when she was of the appropriate age she received a mount of her own and she became known as padra cloud dweller and on the back of her griffin high priestess damara skybreaker she traveled through those clouds that she always dreamed of and she knew being in touch with the heavens itself brought her the confidence to bring others underneath her and she became She became a voice for good and a leader to this Griffin Squadron. And I give you Padra Cloud Dweller. You made a Level a, 12.
0: You made a hybrid between Mulan, Ariel, and Jasmine. And Merida, Telling because she's a
1: bear. <laughs> yes, this is a level 12 Bearkin, Griffin Knight, fighter archetype of the prophet background. And she came to bang.
0: Alright, well. Let me introduce you to Harmon. Mm. You've heard of the madman dwarf Nasul Jadeblade, right? That dude was crazy. He, he was, was the, such a dick. Yeah, he was the weaponsmith that worshipped Kronos, the god of time. He was uh-huh. also the main proprietor of weaponry in the Great War of the Shining Plains. You could only Una- get stuff from him. Unable to keep up with the dwarven militia's demands for arms, Nasul created an artificial being that was capable of tinkering and toiling in the, in the lost hours of the day where humans had to sleep. He should have just jacked up his prices. This gear-forged being named Harmon was equipped with memory ribbons and ever-coiled springs, but was never intended to have his own emotions, autonomous actions, and thoughts. But his components were so well aligned and interactive with one another, and his construction was so thorough and well thought out that he did just that. And 20 years after the death of Nasul Jadeblade and two memory ribbons later, Harmon had forgotten what his purpose was in Faerun. So he began to wander aimlessly and encountered a clocksmith that was in need of help. Harmon gladly offered a helping hand. And while rummaging through the shop one day, Harmon noticed something that he believed that he remembered. A clock with the insignia for Kronos himself. When he picked the clock up to inspect it further, a great boom sounded and everything froze. Did he fart? He farted and everyone froze. A form of Kronos appeared from the clock and stated that he has been awaiting. The right life form to come to him and harness his powers back into Feyrun Because Harmon was a construct. Kronos knew that his reign could be eternal through. Given the familiarity with the form Kronos, Harmon gladly took on this role and now is able to seemingly pause time and cause lapses between dimensions. Let me introduce you to Harmon, the level 12 Gear Forged warlock of the Great Machine Pact. He is also, he has a variant guild artisan background, which is Tinkerer which I will get into in a bit. And also, let me just tell the audience, Garen and I have been having to tell one another what our builds are going into these shows before we air lately because we've just been basically thinking the same way. And I think that we've just been spending too much time with one another or whatever, but our character builds have just been getting eerily similar. Well, anyway, he told me he was using this Griffin Rider thing and I just want to melee him in real life. So I'm just going to go ahead and start off with this category. Morgan is zero here. I I re-skin some daggers as jagged gears. Plus 7 to hit, 1d4 plus 3, 1d4 plus 3 in the offhand. I don't know. How many attacks? One.
1: Okay, that's, that's pretty weak, but I will give you the bonus point for the jagged gear image. That's pretty well,
0: cool. Okay, and I'm already at 0, and I also have Find the Titan's Weakness feat out of the Midgard Heroes Handbook, you can spot the weaknesses in a foe's defenses, you gain the following benefits. As an action, you analyze the defenses of a large or larger creature that you can see. Your next attack against that creature is made with advantage and the attack scores a critical hit on a natural roll of 18, 19 or 20. So basically, okay. you you are getting true strike cantrip at will every single attack.
1: I mean, it's every other turn because you got sure, to yeah, right? spend a turn. Sure, yeah, you got
0: to spend a turn and analyze it, but it's the same thing with true strike. You have to analyze right. it and then you get advantage on the attack.
1: No, at will true strike, that's pretty cool. I like that.
0: So, right zero? Do I get a zero? Yes.
1: Yeah, you All can right. have your zero.
0: Okay, and what are you What are you arguing with melee?
1: Well, I made a fighter, so I'm arguing a plus two. I've got my three attacks with just a one longsword, one hand, plus eight to hit, one D8, plus four damage, but also my griffin, High Priestess Demara Skybreaker, she has a beak and a claw attack, both plus eight. The beak... The beak does 1d8 plus 4, and the claw does 2d6 plus 4. And so I got three attacks. She can make attacks, or I can make attacks. So either one of us can do it. I also have a couple little extra things I'm going to throw in here. Some of my maneuvers that you start to unlock at level 7. One of them is the Sir Andros Daring Flyby, which I love that they name these maneuvers, like, after some famous character, which makes them sound so much more unique and cool. You make an attack with an extra D8 damage, 1D8, and you don't provoke opportunity attacks as you just kind of like, it's like a it's like a drive-by. You just swing past him, hit him with a sword, and keep going. I also unlock at a later level Sir Ector's Deadly Swoop. This is a dive attack where I have to travel at least 30 feet down, but any attacks myself or my griffin make have advantage and add an extra 1D10 to hit. So all of that considered... This is a plus two.
0: And you're going to roll for it.
1: Okay. Padra Cloud Dweller does have a plus two to her charisma. She's a She is a friendly girl. I'm going to give this a 15 or better. I rolled a natural 18.
0: You take that plus two.
1: And I will move right into range. I'm going to say it's a plus one with my longbow. Plus eight to hit. One D8 plus four. I have three attacks. And I can make my attacks from the back of a griffin that's flying over your head. So plus sure. one. Take your plus yep. one.
0: I'm arguing a negative two. I have no ranged weapons. And uh, so I'm just gonna move right into burninating. Uh, I'm arguing a plus two. Now buckle up, friendo. Synaptic Static does 8d6. Eldritch Blast, 1d10 times three. This has a range of 300 feet because I took the Eldritch Spear Invocation.
1: Nice. Nice Yeah,
0: so this thing, you can do an Eldritch Blast from 300 feet away. A football field, that's awesome.
1: Does this book have any invocations?
0: It has one. I did not oh, use okay. it. Sickening Radiance does forty ten 10 damage. Arms of Hadar does 66. Sword Burst does 3d6. Witch Bolt does 5d12. I also used Gear Barrage from the mm. Midgard Heroes Handbook. And this is a third level conjuration spell that creates a burst of magically propelled gears. Each creature within a 60 foot cone takes 3d8 slashing damage or half damage with a successful deck saving throw constructs have disadvantage on that saving throw
1: you're just busting a gear nut all over these guys
0: yeah just gearing on these bitches yeah
1: oh we make everything gross okay is that the end of your list
0: yeah it's plus two easy
1: yeah it's definitely a plus two so i'm gonna make you roll for it i can't argue that you probably got high charisma
0: no he's a gear forged he's a machine oh (laughs) he has a negative
1: one to his charisma props on the unoptimized
0: (laughs) i rolled a 13 so you got a 12 so i'll take my one
1: i let me just uh let me just double check here let me just do down my fighter list of all my fighting abilities here yes none of them are magic i'll take a minus two and <laughs> i'll move right into control i've got a couple more maneuvers i'm gonna bust out for my control first of all i will say that every turn it doesn't count towards any of my attacks but my griffin high priestess damara skybreaker can take dash can take dash disengage or dodge as an action I'm sorry, every did you turn. say
0: that she has gas? What was
1: it? Yes, gas. She can get engaged, or she could buy a Dodge Charger every turn. <laughs> and, as, as being a mounted combatant, I have advantage on saving throws and ability checks to avoid falling off. And I can cast Feather Fall once per day using Charisma as my modifier. So if I ever do get knocked off, boom, there it is. So, real quick, my maneuvers, I have five per short rest. So this is almost like I'm not going to run out, which is fantastic. Here's a couple more I'm going to use for my control. Black Feather's Fury. When a creature hits me or the griffin with an attack, we can use the reaction to make an attack. Extra 1d8 on the damage. And hammer slags Forceful Charge. Dealing 1 extra d8 on damage if a large or smaller creature must make a strength save, which is 8 plus proficiency plus strength. So that is a 16, or they will be knocked down. Or they will be knocked off their mount if they're a mounted combatant. So, I mean, you got it's like jousting
0: yeah if you're going griffin v griffin that's pretty handy
1: oh man i would hate for it to come to that but if it has to man i'll do it
0: so you're arguing a what
1: i think this is a one
0: yeah i think you're gonna take that one
1: i got a lot of yeah i got a lot of battlefield mo- momentum here what do you got well another list for me
0: sure plus two <laughs> I have clocks unwinding at first level. My patron grants me a tiny fraction of its ability to measure and control time. At the beginning of another creature's turn, friend or enemy, before that creature moves or takes any action, you can shift your position in the initiative order to immediately before that creature. If you haven't yet taken your turn this round, you do so immediately. If you have already acted this round, you can either move or take one action immediately, but not both. In either case, okay. your spot in the initiative order shifts to this new position, and you must complete a short or long rest. You can only use it once. You can move yourself in the
1: initiative order.
0: That's right. That's and, cool. you can act, and you can act twice in one round. That's pretty controlling. Good for yep. you. Uh, machine-like preci- precision at 6th level. It, it allows me to call my patron to grant me Uncanny Precision. And when I miss with an attack, I can choose to go ahead and re-roll that attack with advantage. Pretty cool. I have the Lock Armor spell. So I, basically what it does is anything that's got metal, it makes it stick together. Plate mail, this is this is a spell out of the Midgard Heroes handbook, second level transmutation. Basically plate mail's going to stick together, scale mail's going to stick together, chain mail's going to crumple in and the and the person's going to mm. be paralyzed. If the person's holding a weapon, their weapon's going to be stuck to them if they're wearing metal armor. So basically you're totally dismantling, and if they are a construct, they are totally paralyzed. And then I also cool. took the otherworldly leap invocation which allows me to cast jump on myself at will without expending a spell slot or material components i'm arguing a plus two.
1: Oh, fantastic yeah i love that lock armor spell that's you know because you got that heat metal that you could do to guys in armor but this is something else you could do which really restrict them that's a lot of fun i'm not going to argue you're plus plus two that's a, those are some really fun abilities and you didn't hit me with a huge spell list so i'm not mad at you But are you tanky, though?
0: This is actually... I'm very excited to argue this plus two because this is the most unorthodox plus two I've ever argued. So I took the Tough Feet, which gave me 120 HP, AC of 13. However, I have Armor of Shadows Invocation, which allows me to cast Mage Armor on myself at will without expending a spell slot or using material components. I have the Tomb of Leviticus invocation as a reaction when i take damage i can entomb myself in ice which melts away at the end of my next turn you gain 10 temporary hit points per warlock level 120 temp hit points for one round okay so you can't
1: do anything right
0: yes you're frozen and but it but it soaks up the damage so it's like using shield but it can soak up 120 hit points huge you can only use it Mm. once per short rest i also have mind of gears at 10th level your thoughts become mechanical and ordered like that of your patron Uh, You're immune to psychic damage, and your thoughts cannot be read unless you choose to allow it. And also, as a gear-forged race, I'm immune to disease, poison, and uh, poison damage, and the poison condition. And then also, I have solid construction. If I'm killed, and my soul gem and memory gears are still intact, I can be restored to life if my body is repaired using the soul-forging ritual. Because my body already exists, the cost of the ritual is 500 gold pieces plus the cost of resp- repairing my body. If my body was destroyed, obviously it would be much more expensive, 10,000 gold pieces. Or the only other magic that is capable of bringing me back to life is the wish spell, which restores me fully. So <laughs> I'm arguing a plus two on tankiness because it's even if I die, I can't really die.
1: <laughs> That's about as tanky as it gets is quasi-immortality. I love the Tomb of Leviticus, not Leviticus. So, so, I don't of... know,
0: something like Leviticus. Leviticus
1: Le, Le, oh, Le, Le, Le Kisses.
0: Yes, List of Kisses Mi- is what it is.
1: Oh, yes, the Tomb of List of Kisses. <laughs> and it would take a lot of kisses to get through all that ice.
0: And, and, my, control, and my control. It takes a lot of kisses yeah. to get through that list, too. I don't want to argue
1: your stuff because you have fun arguments this week. These are fun abilities that I'm really excited about. So I will grant you your plus two, and I'm actually not feeling so good about my, uh, my own tankiness here because it's not as exciting. As a fighter, I got that AC of 19 with a shield. I got 120 hit points. I've got Stalwart Will, where any intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saves I have to make, I get to add an additional D4 to the result per short rest. I've got Second Wind, and I've got Indomitable. That's about it. Also, I'm on a griffin, so I'm kind of hard to hit if I want to fly away. And I don't really, you know, can't You're really arguing... characterize it beyond your What are you that. arguing? I'm arguing a one.
0: Yeah, you'll get the one. A fighter, a fighter at 12 level has a fair amount of restorative
1: abilities. I mean, abilities. I'm, I'm hard to kill. I'm just yes. not as exciting as you. Before I get into how Padra Cloud Dweller helps her friends, because she's a prophet, she cares about everybody. She's full of love. I want to tell you how you can help us get a plus two on Ally Assist by becoming a patron of our show at patreon.com forward slash DD Character Lab. At $1 a month, you're getting into the Discord. Going up from there, at $2, we're showing you free previews of our DMs Guild content. At five, we got two bonus episodes a month. And it increases from there. At 10, you start contributing to the show. At $15, you get some free merch twice a year. And at $20, you're practically changing our fates with giving auto crits and auto fails and changing our names. Thank you to all of those people who have donated already. Thank you if you're considering doing it or if you've supported our show in any way. Bought from our DMs Guild content. Bought our clothes on Spreadshirt. We're doing this because we love it, but having your help is making us do it even better. We want to do it, and we want to do it with you. And now, let me tell you about Padra Cloud Dweller helping her friends. First of all, she took the protection fighting style so she could protect her griffin. You know, with her shield as a reaction, give disadvantage on the attack. Also... As a purifier subrace of the bearkin, she chose a druid cantrip, and there's only one in this book. But I actually thought it was very perfect for this character. It's blessings of the dead, where it's a cantrip that grants safe passage to creatures to the other side, so they cannot be brought back as an undead creature. Which I'll do for you, you know, if your warforged ever does die and his soul just doesn't want to come back and wants to pass on. If you're arguing she'll do that.
0: anything over a zero, you're not going to get it.
1: No, I'm arguing a zero. That's yeah. all I'm arguing for. Yeah, this. absolutely.
0: Yeah. I'm arguing a plus two. No. I have the Tireless spell. It allows me to grant machine-like stamina to a target. The target requires no food or drink or rest. It can move at three times its normal speed over land and perform three times the usual amount of labor or read at three times the normal rate. Creatures under the effect of this spell are immune to non-magical exhaustion and suffer no consequences for not sleeping or for overexertion. The spell does not reduce... Or prevent magical fatigue or non-magical or i'm sorry or magical exhaustion i'm also a construct i do not eat or drink so i'm not stealing from the party i will not <laughs> use up any of your resources i don't sleep i have disadvantage on wisdom saving throws while i'm awake while everyone is sleeping uh, and i'm doing repairs on my own body but i can keep watch while everybody sleeps even though i have disadvantage on those wisdom saving throws i can also fix things as part of my background of the variant Tinkerer, I can also fix things that are broken. It takes me two hours, and the fix will last three days before it needs to be fixed again, which I can do. Basically, I can fix things without using the Mending spell. I can just fix them while you guys are sleeping. I also mm-hmm. have Gear Shield, which raises the AC to a plus two. I believe it's either one minute or ten minutes. Invisibility and Spider Climb. I'm already at a plus two. Very helpful to my friends.
1: I would give you a plus one because you don't have a lot of spell slots, and a lot of what you were doing hinges on those really nice spells. But Okay, like,
0: fair enough. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that.
1: Okay. How is your balance? Are all of your cogs and no, your gears? So, like- so
0: I made a very unoptimized character this week. So the spell, mo- uh, spell casting modifier for a warlock is charisma. However, my charisma is an eight. So, so all my- your
1: burninating was kind of less.
0: No, sorry. That's been argued. Uh, spell save DC is 11. My spell attack bonus is plus 3. The I'm going to run through my numbers. Strength of 10, dex of 16 with no ranged weapon, a, a constitution of 13, intelligence of 12, wisdom of 16, and a charisma of 8. I have proficiency in wisdom and charisma saving throws. I'm proficient in arcana, deception, investigation, and persuasion. Yeah, I'm but deception
1: or- and persuasion are pretty low because
0: correct so i'm arguing a zero here i am not a balanced character
1: you are yes i would say that this is a zero but i would would say that warlocks are the perfect for unoptimization because a warlock is sometimes a character sometimes becomes a warlock against their will so maybe your charisma isn't good so the fact that your charisma your spellcasting modifier is charisma that might be to your disadvantage because you weren't meant to be doing that you know and you got to learn it as you go along maybe at higher levels it gets bumped up you know what i mean
0: fair point i'm gonna argue
1: it too because I got strength of eighteen, dex of eighteen, con of ten, intelligence of ten, wisdom of thirteen, charisma of fourteen. I'm proficient in animal handling, perception, athletics, intimidation, persuasion, and religion. This is kind of what I need for my thing. And yeah, I'm also I mean
0: you're you're an optimized fighter. I'm not gonna argue that.
1: I'm also on my Griffin, who I haven't said yet, but her stats. You know what? I'll hold back on that.
0: Okay. okay. So I get my
1: plus two on that. And let me tell you about my smooth operator, because here's where my feet came in. I took the negotiator feet which bumps your charisma by one. It gives you a chance to do a persuasion versus insight roll against a shop seller. And if you win, you get a 10% discount on anything you're buying. I can also retry a persuasion check on the next round after I failed it with disadvantage and downtime activities cost half as much. Wait, did for you, me, did I know you, know make, you love. Did, downtime. You make
0: up, did you make up that 10%? Is that real?
1: That's actually in the feat. Good for you guys. Cobalt i like it they put yeah everyone's always trying to get discounts at the stores they put an actual rule in here where i roll persuasion shop owner rolls insight if i beat them i get 10 percent.
0: 10 percent off it's like shopping at cole's but every day <laughs> every store that's awesome
1: pedra's always at cole's man she's a thrift shopper i also have the profit background which grants me the persuasion and religion proficiencies and i can also convince people to do things for me like if i need help doing something that doesn't danger you but if I need you to do some manual labor, I'm very persuasive, and I can secure audiences with powerful people.
0: You're gonna 1.
1: So a I'm arguing a one. Yeah, you'll get a one. A good list. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. What do you got?
0: I'm arguing a plus two. I have the Mask of Many Faces invocation, which allows Ooh. me to disguise, uh, cast disguise self at will without expending a spell slot. I have the Gearforge race trait, which allows me to remember everything that has happened within the last ten years, thanks to my memory scrolls. So here's how I'm playing this nice. out. I disguise myself as the king's younger brother who died many years ago and tell him that I in fact never died but I ran away. I would like the evil king to grant these fine men and women that have come with me that have called my new family, my party, access to the castle for food and drink and a warm bed to sleep in until we can get back on our feet as we had just gotten through a harrowing battle in the outskirts of town with orcs, the sworn enemies of our kingdom, of the kingdom.
1: Naturally, those orcs, man.
0: So I use my orcs. memory and my disguise, my disguise self. Also, I have pressed digitation so I can add little sensory effects throughout that whole performance. And I have a plus three to deception and persuasion. Margin a plus two here.
1: Yeah, how can you? I mean, even if I tried to roleplay that out of you, you have all this memory and you look like them. That's great, disguise at will. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But what do you do when shit goes down?
0: I have a scenario. So if I'm found out to be a fraud. Using my mystic arcanum of arcane gate, I'm able to create a portal from two points in which I can see. So I can instruct the king that I am indeed a fraud and that I forfeit all of my belongings to him. I instruct him, instruct him to open my quarter doors and gather my belongings, placing a portal there. And then the other portal would be directly into a bonfire that I set using the create bonfire cantrip. I can also convince the guards of the kingdom that I'm now in control And to obey my every command is their king king is now dead using the Heart Stop spell that I have, which is a second-level necromancy (laughs) spell. It allows me to slow the beating heart of a willing target to the rate of one beat per minute. The creature's breathing almost stops. To a casual or brief observer, the subject appears dead, and at the end of the spell, the creature returns to normal with no ill effects. Finally, if none of that works, I can simply cast Banishment, and have the king sent to a different time continuum.
1: Doesn't he come back after like a minute or though?
0: Minute? Uh no no, that lasts ten minutes.
1: Oh, okay. Not gone forever. So you're arguing another two, I think?
0: I'm arguing a two here.
1: Okay. That's a really that's a really fun breakdown. That's a good scenario. I love heart stop. Alright, I'm gonna argue the best I can, but I don't have too much of my bag of tricks left. But what I would do as Padra Cloud Cloud Dweller on High Priestess Damaris Skybreaker, is we would dive down with Sir Ector's Deadly Swoop, snatch up the smallest of the enemies, pick him up, and then High Priestess just starts munching, chews up his spine, sucks out his spinal cord like a noodle. Ew. Then we drop him back on the rest of the party. I also have a plus six to Intimidation checks and a plus (laughs) eight to Athletics checks. So if I need to drop down and start kicking some asses, I will. I think this is a Zero. Zero. Yeah, you'll get the zero, yeah. Harman, you're gonna take it home this episode with an eight to six. And Dan, would you play Harman?
0: Absolutely. So one of the before we started creating this show, one of the first characters that I sent to you was actually a Gearforged cleric of the Clockwork Domain. Yeah, I remember that. That that was actually from Cobalt Press's I believe their Midgard Heroes Handbook or their Unlikely Heroes Handbook paired with their Deep Magic series for the Clockwork Magic, which is a great supplement that's included. Both of those supplements are included in this Midgard Heroes Handbook. I absolutely love Clockwork spells. I don't think that Wizards even touches Freezing Time or doing much of anything with that. And I think that Cobalt Mm -hmm. did a great job monopolizing on something that was completely uncharted territory. They have a lot of fun spells here for that. And uh, absolutely, I would play it. I, I think the Gear Forge is a lot of fun, too. The Gear Forge race, I think they did a great job because there's a lot of variants on, of that on the internet as well. And uh, I think Cobalt did a fantastic job with it.
1: I agree. I think your character is a lot of fun. I think the only thing you'd have to do is rename him if you were going to play because if you took Harmon into an adventure, that would be a Harmon quest. And Dan Harmon already has that TV show online. So he'd be coming after you real hard.
0: Okay. You don't want to <laughs> piss
1: off Dan Harmon. No. I would absolutely play padrick cloud dweller i called so dibs I. on griffin rider so dan I. wanted to play a griffin rider too this is the coolest mounted character i've seen as much as i wanted to make the cavalier work with the maneuvers in addition i mean come on that would just be fun so i might have lost this episode but she won in my heart today
0: oh yeah i mean no no doubt about it these were these were two really fun characters and i think they were both passion projects for us so <laughs> uh, <Yeah>. that always <laughs> makes it a little bit more fun so why don't you go ahead and tell us what's coming out of the lab in the in the next few weeks?
1: Number one, we got a brand new cooker in the kitchen. We're really excited about it. It is a Maytag, so we got a really nice warranty <laughs> on it. And we are putting and we are putting it to work with our crock pots to make a lot of math.
0: It's it's Maytag meth, folks.
1: Number two, if you haven't checked out Wombo's Guide to Combos yet, please do. It's on DM's Guild. It is still a bestseller. Well, it never won't be a bestseller because people bought it and we like that. Number three, we're very excited about our next DM's Guild offering, which is a supplement all about mounts, which was perfect for this episode. We're bringing in a whole bunch of brand new mounts for your game. Some of them are horses. Some of them are other creatures. We've got some feats regarding being a mounted combatant that are different from what you're already familiar with. And we got some new equipment for your mount. So we will give you... So check our Twitter when that is announced officially online. Our patrons are having a blast with some of their two bonus episodes a month already. We already mentioned it before. We'd we'd love to have you on the team.
0: So a lot of great stuff, as always, coming out of the lab. Uh, Just remember, Lab Rats, it doesn't have to be optimized.
1: It just has to be fun. Thank you so much for listening. We love you.
0: This has been a production of the D&D Character Lab Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at dndcharacterlab, or shoot us an email at dndcharacterlab at gmail.com. Most importantly, make sure you subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app.